The opinions expressed in this show are the views of the host and not necessarily that of WTRW, 94.3 The Talker, or the Bold Gold Media Group. The following presentation is paid for by NJC Investments, who is solely responsible for its content. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through Lee Baldwin and Company, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Portions transcribed. Good Saturday morning and welcome to the Your Financial Future program on 94.3 FM, The Talker. My name is Nick Colorossi. I am a certified retirement counselor with NJC Investments located right in the heart of the beautiful financial district of Clark's Green, Pennsylvania. And I'm thrilled that you've chosen once again to join us as we open up this week's doors to the College of Financial Knowledge. Our program originates this morning from the luxurious corner office studio right here at the beautiful Bold Gold Radio Complex located high up top the dewy autumn fields of the West Mountain of Scranton, Pennsylvania, the Electric City. Our goal on today's program is to help you to become a better long-term investor and to help you to weather the market storms of 2022. And boy, did we have some storms over the last two weeks. I was away from the microphone last week, and I know we played a a great program for you, but we're back with all of this week's news, and we'll talk about the ups and downs of the markets today. We're going to fit in as many investment ideas and strategies, some working right now and some expected to pay off handsomely in the future. So please make sure you stay with us the entire hour. I promise to make it well worth your while and you will be all the wiser for it. Before we get to the financial information, let me first introduce the man who makes all of this possible here on the program, pushing all the buttons over there on the massive soundboard right across from me. That is our producer extraordinaire. He was away for a week. He'll explain that for you. Mr. D.C. Taylor. Yes. Good morning, D.C. Good morning, Nick. How are we doing? I'm doing well. D.C. was on vacation last week. That's why we did a best of program. Uh-huh. And we're back this week. You want to tell everybody about your vacation? In my in my my uh, What I call my second home in uh, Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, yeah, last uh, last. Well, I guess uh, last week or the week before this past week. Was uh, it rainy and windy down there with Ian? No, it was it was absolutely wonderful. Um, I was going there. I was going down there. You know, just as Ian was kind of passing, th- 
I guess passing through the remnants of it were passing through like Virginia, Maryland, central PA. Uh, by the time I got down to North Carolina, it was beautiful. Sun- well, it was dark by the time I got down there Saturday night, but then it was, uh, it was very nice. Uh, the entire week, North mm-hmm. Carolina, all the way down to Florida and, uh, Jacksonville was, uh, absolutely, uh, wonderful Good for you. You sent it our way then it was here last weekend. So <laughs> okay. yeah. So there you go. That's all right. Well, <laughs> welcome back. Glad to have you. And, yeah. uh, I'm glad you're over there pushing the buttons because we have a lot to fit in today, DC. Make sure you keep me on track. We're going to get in as many items as we can, catch you up on the news, where we stand in our markets. The earnings releases are starting already, DC. Oh, good. So we have some earnings information as well. But again, we are going to get in as much investment ideas and strategies as we can to help you to kind of get through this year. We've got to get through 2022 into 2023, I'm going to give you the ugly of the market. I'm going to give you the bad of the market, but I'm also going to share with you some good news on the market. What's working now and why you might have high hopes from one year from today for your investment portfolios. We'll share those ideas and strategies and uh, some some past history, as D.C. Tiller will tell us when we get there. Okay. Uh, not to count on for future, but there's, right. some great, there's some great statistics I will share with you. Remember, though, if there's ever any questions you have in our program, don't hesitate to give us a call at NJC Investments at any time. We love hearing from our listeners. You can reach us at 570-586-586. 5030. You can drop us a line directly through our website, njcinvestments.com, and uh, we'll get back to you as quickly as we can if we can help you with anything on the program, with anything in your portfolios, any investment questions that you have, or even if you have a question for Mitchell's mailbag, we're happy to take that information and pass that off to Mitchell. I believe we'll be hearing from Mitchell later on in our program. Well, DC Taylor, you know I don't like to be away from the microphone uh, for a week, and of course, circumstances. I've I've had times where I had to be away, and you were away last week, and there may be one or two more times before the end of the year. I think um, I have some uh, issues coming up with um, visiting colleges with my children on oh. weekends. Um, that, that we're at that age now where yeah. we're starting to do that, so there may be one or two more. But I really didn't. I don't like. I like to be here every week to keep you up to date. And to give you fresh ideas. And out of all the weeks to be away, last week, the the market started straight up. Now, I'm going back, (laughs) not this past week, a week ago. Uh Started straight up on a Monday and Tuesday. uh, Almost 4% gains. And then coming into a week ago, Uh going the market was down about 3.5%. But it was slightly positive for the week. And then we we had this, this particular week where we had two inflation reports. We had a uh, producer price number come out on Wednesday, highly anticipated because everybody is looking to see if inflation is peaking. Why? Because if inflation is peaking, maybe the Federal Reserve will come to uh, kind of soften their tone and tell us when they might be wrapping up their rate hikes. That has been the problem with our markets this year. Higher inflation, higher interest rates. You've heard the saying, you can't fight the Fed. What does that mean? You're not going to get great stock returns, even great bond returns, anything. All of our markets in turmoil this year because the Federal Reserve has been more aggressive than usual in raising interest rates. And we're right 
in the middle of it right now. So those inflation reports last week, very important, DC. Producer prices on Wednesday, slightly higher than expectations. And then on Thursday morning, we had the, the consumer price number. The consumer prices also hit a 41-year high. And I was watching the futures markets on the Dow. Mm-hmm. At 829, before the number came out, the CPI number, the futures on the market, D.C. Taylor, up 300 points. Within one minute, the futures at 830, Uh down 400 points, a 700-point swing. That All that is is algorithms reading the headlines. It's not traders. It's the computers trading. Okay. Okay? They read the headlines and they overreact. Yeah. At the, it was higher than expectations, and um, those those algorithms took us down. We opened the market. We went down 400 on the open. We were down about 670 points before somehow <laughs> turning around midday mm-hmm. and ending up the day over 800 points to the good. <laughs> How do you invest in a market like this on a day-by-day basis. Seriously. <laughs> the answer is you don't. Right. You're invested for the long term. I want you to think of yourself at least, at least, as a three-year investor, and I'll tell you why in just a moment. But just crazy volatility last week, and it, it is a unique year. This year feels a lot like 2008. If you were an investor in 2008, you saw swings like this. It was a lot like the year 2000. I was an investment advisor through all of this, DC. Back in 2000, it was like this with the dot-com bubble. Mm -hmm. But we're seeing hyper-investment movements, hyper-volatility. The month of September was by far the worst month of the year. The worst day in our markets was September 30th. And it just happens, of course, that's when all the statements print it. So I know this week, clients, we we get a lot of phone calls. Uh Clients got their statements last week. Yes, that was the worst day of the year, the low points of the market. And you're seeing big drops in your statements even from um, August through the end of September. Now, I will tell you that October is known as a volatile month, but generally a positive month. And that's where we are right now. We're slightly up for the month of October so far. However, there's been those big swings both ways. The good news is, DC, the best months historically in the market in November and December. And they're just around the corner. Right. There's also one other big variable in here. That's the election, midterm elections on November 8th. And that could give us some direction as well. So we'll see how that plays out. We'll see how the market reaction is to that. As far as the inflation numbers go, uh, I'll, you know everybody asked, why did the market turn around when the number was so bad? Why did we have an 800-point update on Thursday? Let me give you my best explanation on that. First, it could have been that traders just started to feel, DC, that the market is just simply <laughs> oversold. Right. There's so many bargains being created in this market right now, and we're heading into earnings season. We'll see how earnings hold up. If earnings hold up, we're, we are oversold. We're trading at about 15 times forward earnings right now on the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Historically, we're at about 17 times. This time last year, we were 
almost 19 times earnings, maybe a little bit over overbought. Mm-hmm. Now it seems like we're oversold if those earnings come in. There also may have been some short covering. There's a lot of people, a lot of traders, I should say, shorting the market. Eventually, if you feel that it's going to go the other way, you have to start buying back those short positions that can push the market up as well. One of the other things we saw, the 10-year treasury yield that we cover each and every week on the program shot up to 4% and then started to tick down that day, DC, and it ticked down to about 3.8%. When those yields started coming down, when everybody was kind of running one way to buy treasury bonds, pushing the price up and the yield down, the market took solace there and started to rise as the treasury yield was coming down. But what I really think was the case, and this was mentioned in Friday's Wall Street Journal, the headline was U.S. Stocks Surge in Sharp Reversal. But I highlighted these two paragraphs in the article. Here it is. Overall CPI increased 8.2% in September, again to a record highs, right? Mm -hmm. 41-year highs. However, It's down from the year earlier month of 8.3% in August increase. And back in June, it was a 9.1% increase. The article says the move lower could be welcome news for investors looking to justify buying back into a stock market that is trading much more cheaply than in the recent past. So what they did by midday, D.C., they figured, oh, yeah, we we did hit a 41-year high here in inflation, but the increases are slowing down. So they're taking that as perhaps inflation is peaking and starting to work its way down. I guess we will find that out over the next few months, but I think that is your reason why we had that midday turnaround on Thursday, then on Friday, all over the place. Right. Futures up in the morning, opened lower, went higher, went lower. It's it's going to be, in my opinion, that type of a market where you're getting these big volatile swings, especially in the month of October. But I think if we can tread water and work our way through this month and towards the end of the year, I think better times are ahead. Thanks again for tuning in to the Your Financial Future program here on 94.3 FM, The Talker. My name is Nick Colarossi of NJC Investments. Help daily along by Mr. D.C. Taylor, freshly back from vacation. He's of Bold Gold Radio fame. And we'd like to thank you for allowing us to be the soundtrack for your early Saturday mornings. Now, earlier, DC, I said, make sure you consider yourself at least a three-year investor. And you you really should have a long-term time horizon. If you have a six-month time horizon, you don't belong in the investment markets, right? Maybe you belong in CDs, treasuries. There's there's other things. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about the investment markets, a balanced investment portfolio. We've said all along, we think you should be very diversified, There are things working in the markets right now. Most are not working right now, but they will work again. But back to that three-year time horizon, if you go back to 1926 and three-year rolling periods since 1926, 84% of the time, 84% of the time, 
If you have that three-year hold mentality, 84% of the time, the S&P 500 has produced a positive return. Everybody is negative. I hear it. Everybody's thinking, when's the next shoe to drop? This will never get better. It will. It will get better. 84% of the time since 1926, if you're in there for three years, you have positive returns. I'll take that percentage, DC. Yeah, I will too. All right. So we have good hope for the future. Now, not only that, we're going to take a break right here. The first thing we're going to do when we come back from our break, I'm going to talk to you about the last 12 bear markets. We're in a bear market right now that's down 20% from the highs. We are there. What's happened in the last 12 bear markets? What was the average downside and what was happening in the market one year from the bottom point of the bear market? We'll have those statistics for you. Not only that, we're going to start fitting in some investment strategies as well for your review. And we'll catch you up on all the market news you need to get your investment week started for the rest of 2022 and into 2023 and beyond. Before we get to that, DC, let's take a break and thank our friends at Seidel's Restaurant in North Scranton for sponsoring this portion of our program, a great Italian-American bistro, great nightly specials, wonderful ambiance. DC, if you haven't checked out this place yet, tell everybody how good it is. You got to get there, right? Of course. Wonderful. Do yourself a favor, pick up your phone right now and get your reservations to Seidel's Restaurant. I promise you will not be disappointed. Your financial future back after this brief message. Please stay with us. If you're searching for a special dining experience, Sedell's Restaurant is your home for great taste. Sedell's Restaurant is one of Scranton's elite fine dining establishments, specializing in Italian-American contemporary cuisines. At Sedell's, generous size entrees are prepared with only the highest quality ingredients. So whether you're having a meal for business or pleasure, it's sure to leave a lasting impression. Sedell's Restaurant has mouth-watering Italian-American contemporary cooking with a delightful ambiance. At Sedell's, you are certain to find unique specials for what you're craving. If you can't find an entree off their elaborate menu, just ask the chef. He can create an off-the-menu meal for you. At Sedell's, the owner is also the chef. Sedell's is located on the corner of Main Avenue and Tripp Street in North Scranton. They are now accepting holiday party reservations and on- and off-site holiday catering. 343-6544. That's 343-6544. Make it special. Make it Sedell's. Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here on the Your Financial Future program on 94.3 FM, The Talker. My name is Nick Colarossi of NJC Investments. I'm here with Mr. D.C. Taylor of Bold Gold Radio fame on this beautiful, sunny autumn weekend. It's wonderful. October 15th already, D.C. Taylor. Yeah, how about that? It won't be long. It won't be long. I mean, we're heading through the fall and heading towards those cold months ahead. <laughs> right. But for today... 
Enjoy the outdoors. It looks beautiful out here. Looking out of the big, beautiful picture window here, yes. the fields and peaks and valleys here look pretty darn inviting. And a nice, mostly sunny weekend and uh, about 68 today and 63 tomorrow. I enjoy the fall most of all. Yes. All right. Good. <laughs> well, DC, let's get back to finance. And I left off with, um, we're trying to cover the good, the bad, and the ugly, but... Uh, Let's go again in reverse order here. Some of the bad. We are in a bear market, no doubt about that. Last week, the NASDAQ went into its second bear market of the year, had gone down 20%, had come out of it, had gone down again 20% from the most recent highs. So bear markets do not last forever. They are not fun when you're in the middle of them. But um, I will give you some hope in just a moment. I'll give you first the averages on a bear market. This comes from Yardini Research, and I got it on the website at First Trust Securities because they they did this as part of an overall article there by Robert F. Carey. He's the chief market strategist at First Trust Securities. And Carey says, over the last 12 bear markets, and these go back all the way to 1946, D.C., and the last bear market before our current one was that very short one back in 2020. Right. Okay. Um, but right now, we started a bear market back on January 3rd. The high of the market was January 3rd on the S&P, uh-huh. 2022. And this these numbers go through uh, September 30th. We are, we are 270 days in at this time. So 285 days into a bear market, if we use today's math. At this point, we're down about 24% on the S&P 500 year to date. The average duration of the last 12 bear markets, according to Yardani Research, is about 12 months, 367 days. The longest one was 929. That was back in uh, 2000 to 2002. I remember that well. Now, according to market data from CNBC and Goldman Sachs, the average price decline from the peak in a bear market is 33.6% over mm-hmm. the last 12 bear markets. And uh, right now, again, DC, we're 24% of the way there. So again, okay. the average is 33% down. And according to Kerry right now, this qualifies as a modest bear market. He says that's our opinion. Kerry says, we would all like to know when this bear market will end. One thing has been lacking has been the big capitulation day. Remember we said that if everybody just sells, we have that big whoosh down. We haven't had that, DC. And he said, Kerry said, that's one thing you can look at. Some refer to throwing in the towel. That's it. Get me out. I'm, I'm done. Just sell everything. That kind of thing. Uh-huh. That has not really happened across the board. He's looking at the volatility index. It's the VIX. If you're looking at the business channel, they'll, they'll talk about the VIX. Let's look at it this way, DC. The average VIX is about 19.49 over the last 20 years. That's the average volatility reading. Uh-huh. They say if it goes higher, there's more fear. They call this the fear gauge. If it goes higher than that, there's more fear in the market. If it's lower, there's less fear. Mm-hmm. We're in the 30-plus range right now, but a lot of the analysts are looking for a reading above 40 on the VIX. If you want to track it, VIX average. If we see a reading above 40, they think that'll be the high fear mark. People will throw in the towel, and that may be your next 
buying signal. I'm paraphrasing the article mm-hmm. here from Robert Carey. You can check this out online at ftportfolios.com under Robert F. Carey, Chief Market Strategist. This is the October quarterly market overview at First Trust Securities. The other thing mentioned in the article, DC, they're looking at P.E. ratios on the S&P 500. The last big bear market back in 2008 into 2009, didn't it, on uh, March 31st, 2009, the P.E. was at 14.38%. We talked about the PE on the S&P just a little bit ago and the Dow. The forward PE right now is in the 15% range. If that PE continues to come down, it looks like we may, just may, be getting close to a bottom of a market according to the article. However, let's look at the statistics on bear markets. Again, the average bear market down 33% over the last 12 bear markets. And we are down over 24% currently in this bear market. But what happens one year out from the bottom in a bear market? So far, the bottom was September 30th, worst day. Okay. Statements printed, I told you. Hopefully, that is the bottom of the year. We don't know for certain. We will watch that. But if that is the bottom, let's just hope and assume that is the bottom for our purposes today, DC. What would be happening a year out a year from September 30th, 2022, the average return from the bottom of a market one year later uh-huh. in the last 12, yeah. 40.8% upside average return. Again, according to CNBC and Goldman Sachs work. Now the last 12 bear markets one year later, mm-hmm. All 12 of them, D.C., dating all the way back to the bear markets of 46 and as recent as March of 2020, all 12 of them one year later from the bottom, higher on the market. All right. 12 out of 12 times higher on the market. Again, the average return in one year from the bottom, 40.8%. Wow. Now, what must we say about going forward statements like that? <laughs> that uh, past performance is not a guarantee, or nor is it indicative of future results. That is correct. This is the future. But, yes. DC, these are some pretty interesting statistics from the past. Sure. 12 out of 12 times. So do not lose hope in the middle of a down market. Look for quality. Have your shopping list ready. There are bargains out there right now, in my opinion. There's more being created every day in this type of a market. Somewhere in here, it will turn. Something good will happen. You want to be positioned for the next three years plus in your investment portfolios. Thanks again for tuning in to the Your Financial Future program on 94.3 FM, The Talker, with Nick Colarossi of NJC Investments. And thanks for helping to make us the number one financial hour in all of Northeastern Pennsylvania and beyond. DC, it's time to move on to finances. You know, this is my favorite part of the program where we'd like to catch you up on where we stand in the markets year to date. But before we do that, we always like to give you a hot tip on some of the best investments that you can ever make. That is investing in your family, investing in yourself, and investing in your own community. There's a lot of great items going on, a lot of great events in our area during this time of the year. Beautiful fall foliage out there, DC. Here's something unique, though. How about tomorrow... 
at Malatesi Wine Cellars. This is a great place to go for a great event. They do a wonderful job. I've been there several times. It's at 32 Cabernet Drive in Scott Township. Can you ask for a better street address for a wine cellar? <laughs> Malatesi Wine Cellars. Tomorrow we'll be featuring Barktoberfest. Okay. It's a fundraiser for the Griffin Pond Animal Shelter for their medical fund. Great cause. It'll be $25 per person, $10 for designated driver. It starts tomorrow at noon and it goes to 4 p.m. They'll have vendors, activities, food, raffles, a kid's costume contest, and a pet's costume contest. And bring your pet there for right. Barktoberfest. <laughs> and uh, they have some nice wine, some great food. This will be a great day out in beautiful weather. Again, at Malatesi Cellars. That is in Scott Township tomorrow, noon till 4 p.m., Get out and check out Barktoberfest and uh, raise some money for the pooch, right? Nice. All right. <laughs> what do you have, DC? Uh, we got a, uh, the Knights of Columbus having a night at the races to raise money for veterans in need, hungry families, and those affected by uh, natural disasters. It's going on uh, today or later on this evening. Greenwood Hose Company, Bernie Avenue in Music. Doors open at 6. Races start at 7 o'clock. They have hot dogs, wimpies, pizza, and non-alcoholic beverages included with your ticket. Beer and wine will also be available. Uh, buy your tickets online, scrantonnights.com, uh, 21 or over to attend. And uh, again, that is uh, tonight starting about six o'clock, the Greenwood Hose Company. Help them out if you can. Well, thanks, DC. Sounds like a great cause. Yep. And get out and enjoy. Enjoy all that we have in this area, right? Right. All right. Back on to finance. Here's where we stand in our capital markets as of October 15th, 2022. Dow Jones Industrial Average now down about 18% year-to-date. The S&P 500, we've told you, down 24% on the year. The NASDAQ down one-third, 33% tough days on Friday. Good day on Thursday, tough day on Friday. I think it's going to be like that as we bounce through October. Let's hope for smoother roads ahead in November and December. We'll see how that plays out. Price of a barrel of oil has come down to $85, down about 4% on Friday. And the 10-year Treasury yield, on the other hand, going up, up to 4% on Friday. Once that hit that, that 4% mark, DC, that's when the market started tailing off again on Friday. We had some earnings out. A lot of the banks came out on Friday. Let's just highlight J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo. The earnings are down a bit year over year. However, all three of them beat their estimates and all started the day in plus territory with those good earning earnings numbers on Friday. We also had positive earnings from United Healthcare beating on both the top and bottom line. They were up as well. So, D.C., early, early, early in the earnings game, a good start, though. A surprising positive start to the earnings season. If earnings hold up, I believe our markets are oversold. We should see some help on the Dow, on the S&P, on the NASDAQ, if earnings continue to surprise to the upside. There'll be a lot more over the next four to five weeks, so make sure you stay tuned every Saturday morning. We'll keep you up to date. One thing I'd like to finish up with here, DC, is the recession or not a recession. I think it's a recession. Traditionally, a two-quarter negative GDP, two quarters in a row, which we have had, is a recession. 
there's been no official confirmation from the official department. I don't know what that department is, but there is a department. <laughs> the official that, department of official official people. Right. That would say, yes, we are in a recession. They have not declared a recession. Okay. So there's an argument against it. <laughs> I will tell you, I've gotten from First Trust Securities economist Brian Westbury. He has said we are not in a recession. And the reason they give over at First Trust Securities is the employment numbers, payrolls rising 263,000 in September, unemployment falling back down to 3.5%. That's back at the lowest level since 1969. And payrolls also are up at an average monthly pace of 420,000 so far this year. They say that is not a recession. And the forecast from the Federal Reserve, the Atlanta Fed, says we're going to grow 2.9% in the third quarter. First Trust Security says we will have a GDP of 3%. That's what there's. We'll see how that comes in. Won't be long. See if we can grow at 3% in this quarter. Now, those numbers would be be good. However, the forecast, the, the fear is 2023. Most analysts sticking with their expectations for a recession in 2023. We'll see. Things can change. We'll hope for the best, but that's where the analysts stand right now. Let's take a break right here, DC. And when we come back, we'll answer some listener questions and fit in as many investment strategies and ideas as we can. Before we take this break, let's thank our friends at Montrose Motors in beautiful Montrose, Pennsylvania for sponsoring this portion of our program. DC, I can't think of a better time to take that short country drive. The fall trees are beautiful this year. Oh, yeah. And it's time to get out and see our pals at Montrose Motors. They have the new Ford lineup. What else do they carry, DC? Uh, If you're looking for a uh, top-quality pre-owned vehicle, uh, they will help you find the the one that is perfect for uh, your needs and your budget. Absolutely. Great service department. Very family-friendly. It's a wonderful place. Great guy. Check out my pals. At Montrose Motors, I'm sure they'll make you that great deal on your next vehicle. Your financial future, back after these brief messages. I hope you'll please stay with us. Looking for a dealership where you'll feel right at home the minute you walk into the showroom? This describes Montrose Motors to a T. You know, that Ford dealership in the great little town of Montrose, Pennsylvania? Not only do they have a great selection of new Ford vehicles in stock, they also have an equal amount of quality pre-owned cars, SUVs, and trucks. It's just a short country drive to the no-hassle Ford dealer Montrose Motors on Grow Avenue. Ask for Andy Bennett or Doug Thomas. These guys really have never met a stranger. You'll end up friends. Nestled in the rolling hills of beautiful Clark's Green, Pennsylvania, you will find NJC Investments, a capable small-town firm with local values working right here for the citizens of our own community. Whether it's retirement planning, college planning, or just building up that long-term nest egg, the advisors at NJC Investments have decades of experience helping your neighbors achieve their goals. Why don't you get to know NJC Investments too? You can reach us at 570-586-5030. That's 570-586-5030. And we welcome you to join us weekly as we broadcast the Your Financial Future program on 94.3 FM The Talker, Saturdays at 9 a.m. NJC Investments, helping to take the mystery out of your financial future. Securities offered through Lee Baldwin Company, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. 
Welcome back to the Your Financial Future program with Nick Colarossi from NJC Investments on 94.3 FM, The Talker. I'm DC Taylor on this Saturday morning and uh, sitting uh, right over on the other side of the massive soundboard there is uh, Nick. Good morning, Nick. How are you doing? I'm doing all right, DC Taylor. Thanks yeah. for asking. Beautiful day. Yeah. And uh, trying to uh, get as much information out to everyone in a mm-hmm. tough market, but uh, sure. looking for better better times in our markets ahead. They will be there. If if it doesn't happen, DC, it'll be the first time in history. The first time in history. Yes. So we'll, we'll look for better markets <laughs> yeah. ahead. Yeah. Hey, don't forget to check out my pal DC Taylor weeknights on our sister station, 105, 1035, The River, where he has his great classic rock program yeah. or till. 8 p.m. for till 7.30 on Fridays and a lot of great music and a lot of great D.C. Taylor wit and wisdom. Yeah, it's fun. I, I appreciate you tuning in. I can tell you're having fun. It's sure. a great show. Yes, thank you. All right, D.C., back to finance, I guess. Let's get an idea in here. Uh, we saw a big pullback on oil on uh, Friday in the price of a barrel of oil and a lot of the stocks down. And I had come across before then an article entitled five stocks to benefit from OPEC's oil price hike. And this is talking, this was from October 13th, written by Tim Plain at Investors Alley. You can actually check this out on readynews.com, the entire article. I'm just going to skim it. And these are not recommendations from me to you. I do not know your particular circumstances. As always, these are for informational purposes only. It's ideas from Tim Plain, and always do your own homework, work closely with your financial advisor if you think you might have an interest in this area, and if we can help you in any way, including getting out all of the deep details you need to make a wise investment decision, we're happy to do that for you, free of charge or obligation. Just ring us up at 570-586-5030. The article, DC, talks about the price cuts, or the, I'm sorry, the production cuts from Saudi Arabia. Mm-hmm. Our president went over there and uh, wanted more, and they gave us less. All right. Uh, lot, uh, a little bit of tension going on uh, there. Yeah. And uh, since then, uh, with the exception of Friday, we had some ticking up in the price of a barrel of oil. DC, I think there's about 100 million barrels of oil consumption globally. When you start to take... 2 million down and they're thinking now because our strategic reserve is down so low they're going to have to start buying that back a million at a time uh-huh. um, so you start to take 2 3 million dollars 3 million barrels off a day out of that 100 million what's going to happen to the price right more than likely most analysts expect it to go higher yeah. i've heard expectations and the shale gas news guys after me would probably know better than us dc right but uh you can check with them uh, but i've heard expectations of 125 dollar barrel oil within the next six months okay. so we had peaked out at 122 dollars per barrel i think back in june came all the way back down to 77. Now we're back up into the mid-80s. We'll see. But Tim Plain, in his article, lists the five companies that Wells Fargo listed as energy companies with high momentum that should outperform if the energy sector moves higher. And the companies are APA, symbol APA, Devon Energy, DVN, Marathon Oil, 
MRO, Marathon Petroleum, MPC, and Occidental Petroleum, OXY. Let's go through them very quickly, DC. APA is um, up 49% year-to-date, trading about $39, down from a high of $51.95. Devon Energy is trading at about $68 on Friday, down from a high of $79.40, but still up 56%. Their stock price up 56% on DVN year-to-date, and they have a 6.8% current dividend yield. Next up is Marathon Oil, symbol MRO, trading about $27 on Friday, down from a high of $33.23 over the last 52 weeks, up 66% year to date. There's Marathon Petroleum Company, MPC, trading at about 104 on Friday, down from 114.35 with a 2.2% dividend yield, up 64% year to date. And Occidental Petroleum, OXY, that is trading around $66. It's been as high as 77.13 over the last 52 week. OXY, DC, mm-hmm. Just a small dividend, 0.78%, up though 130% year-to-date on OXY. And Wells Fargo thinks these companies have room to go higher if our energy prices continue to rise. Again, that's an article from readynews.com written by Tim Plain, writing for Investors Alley. From October 13th. If you have interest in those, we can get you the deep details you need to do a deep dive to see if they might be something of interest for your portfolio. Make sure you check the suitability. Make sure you know the risks involved. The energy sector, the only sector, DC, that's positive year to date Mm -hmm. in the S&P 500 of the 11 sectors. But even that has a lot of volatility in the month of September. Energy was down 10%. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're looking for a basket of energy stocks, the largest, I believe, is the XLE. That's an ETF of all energy stocks led heavily by the oil companies. XLE is trading at about um, $80 on Friday, down from a high of $93.31. It is still up 44% year to date. All right. Well, we got that that light blinking. That's uh, the studio hotline uh, alert telling us that uh, someone is calling in, and uh, you know, you know, we'll be calling in uh, this time every Saturday morning, right? Must be time for Mitchell's mailbag. Yes, it is time for Mitchell's mailbag here on the Your Financial Future program. This is where we answer your questions, and uh, we we'll love to hear those questions. Uh, Send them via email. Best way to get to us, uh, send them to nick at njcinvestments.com and put in the subject line, Mitchell's Mailbag. And uh, and that's, we have on the phone, our colleague in the field, Mitchell Dimitrik. How are you, Mitchell? Hello, DC. Taylor, hello, Nick. How are we both doing today on this beautiful, crisp Saturday morning? We're doing terrific. It is, isn't it beautiful weather out there? Just a terrific day. Uh, love to be outside. We'll be out there soon. But right now, we're focused on answering your questions. Oh, good, good, because I've picked out three of the best, and uh, I'm ready to get started. All right, well, let's get right into it. Uh, no, number one question there, or for the first question, rather, Mitchell. Go ahead. All righty. First question comes from Greg in Philadelphia. Now, DC, can you tell us how Greg is listening 
to the Your Financial Future program all the way down in Philadelphia? Well, he might be listening on the Radio Bold app, R-A-D-I-O-B-O-L-D. Download it right to your phone. You can listen to the live stream of uh, 94.3 FM, The Talker, as well as all the other great Radio Bold stations. And you can catch it, uh, catch the program here, Your Financial Future, when it airs Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. Or you might be listening on uh, on the website, 94.3 FM, The Talker. So uh, thank Appreciate you listening in Philly. All right. So Greg asks, I haven't heard Brian Westbury's economic commentary on your program in a long time. Is there a reason for this? Why don't you have other guests on as well? You know, that's a great question, Greg. Thanks for listening in Philadelphia. We Yeah, we love playing Brian Westbury. But the problem is he's only done a few of those clips this year, DC. He used to yeah. do 20 to 25 a year. Uh-huh. It, it, pal- it paired back the last couple of years. But this year, very few. I think, like everybody else, they're, they're trying to feel their way in this market. These economists, a lot of it is is. You know, they do their best modeling and a lot of it's guesswork. And yeah. and, and even the analysts and the economists are fooled in this market. So I, I think that that may be one of the reasons we see so few. But you can get Brian Westbury's commentary every Monday posted on FT, standing for First Trust, FTPortfolios.com. You can go there. They have a great blog they have a um, a lot of great information for investors. So check that out. If you're looking for Brian, if you need a Brian Westbury fix, I still think he's one of the best analysts out there. He says we are not in a recession. He thinks we'll have 3% growth in the third quarter, but he is warning us about 2023. He does see a recession as we move to 2023. As far as other guests, every now and then we try to get somebody on um, locally, but I can't Get anybody on in the industry, D.C. Taylor. Right. Nobody is willing to take a stand anymore on what they believe in or say anything, and and, and, and yeah. they're afraid. They're yeah. compliance. We cannot get analysts on here. We cannot get uh, mutual fund people on here, investment guys on here, because their compliance departments will not let them put uh, their opinions out there. Okay. And that's all it is. We, you know, when we do things on here, D.C., it's our best opinion. We don't know how the markets are going to turn out. And we talk about different investments. Sometimes they work out. Sometimes they don't. You give your best opinion. You do your best research. Give your best opinion. That's all we have. But a lot of people are reluctant to do that. All right. Well, let's get right to the next question. The second question in Mitchell's mailbag. Go ahead, Mitchell. What do you have? All righty. Question number two comes from Barbara in Old Forge. Barbara asks, how will we know when... We are really at the bottom of the market, and the markets will start going up again. Barbara, that's the million-dollar question these days. Uh, Some thought that maybe on Thursday morning, intraday, with the big down draft, we got down to 34.91 on the S&P 500, and then we reversed DC and had that big plus 800-point up day. So some thought that might be the bottom, and we'll see. Um, we closed on Friday at 35.84, so above that low mark on Thursday morning, but not a good day on Friday. A lot of a lot of down, over 2.3% on the S&P in one day on Friday to the down. So we are bouncing on our or near our 52-week lows right now. I think if you were listening earlier in the program, some of the uh, information that came out of First Trust Securities, they think that we need a big capitulation sell-off. 
And that might have been what we saw Thursday morning. We'll see. But they're also looking for the VIX, the volatility index, the fear index to get up near 40. I think it's in the 32% range right now. So keep an eye on those things. But I'm thinking we're very oversold. But is there a bottom in sight? It's very, very hard to pick at DC. There's no one that can really say, aha, that's the exact bottom. Here we go. Right, of course. Um, I think... Hopefully, we're getting very close to it. We'll see. All right. Well, great. Let's get right into uh, Let's get one more question here in Mitchell's mailbag. Go ahead, Mitchell. All right. Last, but certainly not least, question number three comes from Don in Clark Summit. Don asks, how could the upcoming midterm elections affect our markets? And what is the best case scenario and the worst case scenario in your opinion? All right, Don, uh, right there in Clark Summit, right around the corner, D.C., from our offices at NJC Investments in beautiful Clark's Green, Pennsylvania. Right in the neighborhood. Right in the neighborhood. Uh, Don, that's a a good question. Everybody's a little bit apprehensive. We don't know how the election will turn out, and then we don't know what the market will think of the election turnout. Uh, we'll, We'll see. Hopefully, a couple things, D.C., Hopefully there's no shenanigans, right? So that would be the best case scenario, one of the best case scenario things. Uh-huh. Hopefully we're done in one night and we have results. Yeah. <laughs> this uh, the election that goes on for four and five days anymore, uh-huh. when the rest of the free world and most of the non-free world can get an election done in one day, like we used to. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that is the case as well. But I think what Wall Street is looking for is a divided government. Wall Street does not like one-party rule, whether it's the Republicans or whether it's the Democrats. They don't like big spending packages. They don't like big deals. They would rather very little get done in Washington, D.C. I think that would be better for the markets is how they see it. Uh And if if the Republicans take part of the Congress or both houses of Congress, that would give us gridlock in Washington. I think Uh that Wall Street would like that, but we'll have to see what happens and how they react. All right, great. Well, there you go. Some more of your questions answered in the uh, Mitchell's mailbag portion of the Your Financial Future program. Once again, that email address to send your questions, it is Nick at njcinvestments.com and make sure you put in the subject line Mitchell's mailbag and then uh, Mitchell gets all the emails together and keeps track of the topics and gives us a nice variety of topics every week. Thank you, Mitchell. Dimitrik, our colleague in the field, once again for uh, hooking us up with the questions this week. DC, Nick, thank you for having me on the show each and every Saturday morning. It's a blast and I'm looking forward to next week's question. Well, we truly appreciate you and we wish you a wonderful fall weekend enjoy it all and we'll see you next saturday right here on the radio thank you you enjoy as well that again mitchell dimitrik our colleague in the field always does a great job for us on saturday morning he sure does and we're happy to have him dc let's take our last break right here we have more investment strategies when we come back so i hope you will please stay right here with us hi This is Nick Colarossi of NJC Investments. Investors today are facing all new challenges. With recent market volatility, we've urged our investors not to lose sight of their long-term investment goals. It's times like these that can create opportunity because we believe true wealth is built slowly over time. Let us show you how that can work with a simple dollar cost averaging plan that can help you stay on track 
to meet those goals. If you would like to talk to us about getting started or updating your current investments to take advantage of today's market opportunities, give us a call at NJC Investments, 570-586-5030. That's 570-586-5030. At NJC Investments, we are bullish on America and excited about our future. Securities offered through Lee Baldwin Company, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Welcome back, and thanks for staying with us here on the Your Financial Future program. I'm Nick Colarossi of NJC Investments, helped along by Mr. D.C. Taylor of Bold Gold Radio fame. And D.C., we've been here sipping this wonderful coffee throughout the program, starting at the beginning of segment two, uh-huh. and I neglected to thank you. Oh, that's all right. What type? I know what this was. Why don't you tell everybody what we had this morning, and still, we're still enjoying. Yeah, very familiar old favorite, the uh, 8 o'clock uh, Italian roast, or as I, as I like to call it uh, from my days as a DJ on Top 40 Radio, uh, the Top 8 at 9. All right. <laughs> that's great. It's my favorite, the uh, 8 o'clock dark Italian Italian roast, my favorite coffee in the world, and it's terrific today. And we urge everyone, hey, why don't you grab a cup of whatever it is that gets your early Saturday morning started? Sit back and we'll finish out our program together here. I have a couple more ideas to sneak in, DC, before we wrap it up. Mm -hmm. There's a dividend idea that comes to us from Nathan Slaughter, writing for Street Authority. On October 1st, also can be found on readynews.com, and it's one of the best, most reliable dividends you'll ever find. That's the title of the article. Okay. It's Nathan Slaughter's idea, and a lot of people, DC, looking for dividend income, dividend ideas to stay afloat in these turbulent market waters of 2022, and Slaughter gives us his favorite. He says, one of my biggest winners in my high-yield investing premium newsletter portfolio is also one of the easiest investments we've ever made. And all he says, all we had to do was buy it and wait for the dividends. He says that's because it was built for a single purpose to throw off a rising stream of taxed advantaged rental income. This is a real estate investment trust. The symbol is just plain O realty income for full disclosure we have owned this long before this article came out um, for certain clients at njc investments um o can trace its origins back to 1969 when its founders purchased their very first property it was leased to a taco bell and by 1994 they had 630 properties now they have over 6500 properties coast to coast and they, it's retail firms that they're leasing to in prime, high-traffic spots. Companies like the Taco Bell, like those type of restaurants, like Walgreens and so forth, D.C. Yeah. And because the company is structured as an REIT, they have to give the dividends back to you. Realty Income has reliably dished out more than 600 straight monthly dividends. It pays monthly. And that stretch dates all the way back to 1970, 52 years, D.C., and their payouts have been steadily rising, not once per year, but every 90 days. In fact, the company has announced 
100 consecutive quarterly dividend increases. On average, dividend distributions have been climbing 4.4% annually over the past two decades. Again, the symbol there is O. It's trading about $56 on Friday, but it is down 21% year to date, down from a high of 75.40. It has a 5.3% current dividend yield. That's your annual yield symbol O. That 5.3% annual yield, though, is paid out to you monthly. So really, DC, if you wanted to set up your own dollar cost averaging program with those dividends every month, you could theoretically reinvest those dividends into the shares and you're buying what was lower than just a year ago. You're buying what many consider to be at a very good price. So they're a very interesting dividend idea. I'm going to fit one more in quickly, DC. This idea comes to us from Michael Foster, the chief investment strategist at holdingschannel.com. And we've heard from Michael Foster often on the program, DC. We've covered some of his ideas. This one we do not currently own at NJC Investments, although we own some ideas in the family that we're going to talk about in just a second. This is a closed-in fund, very similar to a mutual fund. It is a covered call strategy. You'll remember that in a covered call strategy, it's generally stocks, but they sell options against those positions, bring in a premium, turn around and pay that premium out to shareholders in the form of a dividend. This particular investment of stocks pays a current annual yield as of Friday of 9%. 9% income stream, DC. Okay. Now, it is in the growth area, so a little bit contrarian right now. Growth has been the most beaten up area of the market, but Michael Foster believes this is a good place to be for the next few years. He's looking at the rate hikes that we've seen from the Fed, and he says, if you consider that in 2022, rate hikes have risen from virtually zero to 3%, and expectations are that we'll go to 4.5% till February of 2023. That's where he thinks the feds will kick it off and stop and just leave them in place. He says that's been holding the markets down and pushing the markets down, but he believes there's two good things about to happen. First, he says February is just four months away. His second positive is if rates stay steady like he thinks, that would be great for stocks, especially after they follow a long string of rate hikes. And he gives us his covered call idea today. The Liberty All-Star Growth Fund symbol is ASG. ASG has growth stocks in it. They focus on communication services and IT, including companies like SPS Commerce, United Health Group, we talked about earlier in the program, companies like Microsoft, you can check them all out online under the symbol ASG. You can get that 9% income stream. And while things are down, I would recommend reinvesting that dividend, DC Taylor. Keep building it up like your own private dollar cost averaging program. Just quickly on ASG, they're trading at about $4.80 on Friday down from a high of $10.20. That is right on the 52-week low. As I said, the current dividend yield 9%, and ASG is down 
45% year-to-date. That tells us there is certainly risk involved, DC. Sure. So if you're interested in this area, make sure you do your own homework. Make sure you're working closely with your own financial advisor. If we can help you in any way, you know where to find us. Snug it in there, DC. Yes. Thanks for all your help on today's program. You're very welcome. And let's remind everyone there is truly never a bad time to make a good investment. If you have any questions on our program this morning, give us a call at NJC Investments, 570-586-5030. Thanks again for tuning in on 94.3 FM, The Talker. May God bless you and may God bless America. Make it a great week. We'll see you next Saturday. This has been a FilmWise presentation. The opinions voiced in this program are for general information only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult with your attorney, accountant, and financial advisor or tax advisor prior to investing. Securities offered through Lee Baldwin & Company, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC.